Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live from EmoSocialClub.tv. I am Brian. And I am Lizzie. This is the Emo Social Club podcast, podcast about music, news, rad bands, cool dudes. Existential <laughs> cool. crises. Existential crises. Yeah. Uh, this interview is with new friend of the pod, Empty Heaven, a.k.a. Anthony. Uh, who mysterious, but yes. <laughs> uh, this episode is a little bit shorter because he got called into work. So we did it uh, at a stairwell at work and uh, we made it happen. We made it work and that's what we do here. That's how we roll. We make magic happen. We make magic. Uh, so we hope you enjoy. Please check out Empty Heaven on all of the socials, all the good stuff. Check out. I, I love the idea that he has like all this content. So you need to go pick it up. You need to go <laughs> grab his book. Because apparently yeah. we're a book review podcast now, and everybody. You know what? How many books. other how many other bands that we have talked to have a whole ass book to accompany their album or EP? Bands. Like almost no Get one. A book. Write a book. You got time. Could be a short story. A lot of you are graphic design. Actually, is your passion for realsies? You can just make a little <laughs> a little book. You. Hey guys. Uh, before we get into the episode, uh, if you like this episode, if you like any episode, please let people know, please let somebody know that there's a podcast of us. Yeah. That we exist. Yeah. Uh, give them our handle handles, uh, write a nice letter to us on, uh, Apple music to review yeah. us. It'd be sweet. Like comment, subscribe, all the good stuff. That's how we grow. That's how you help us help you help us. It helps us uh, continue to get the merch that you have, too. We still have merch, so make sure that you're putting your orders in. If you order it, usually at night, that means I'm probably still up to at least 2 or 3 in the morning, so I will be packaged, <laughs> and it will be shipped out the next day before she I have to work. She sleep <laughs> waiting for your merch order. <laughs> we are uh, voting for our theme for this Saturday's stream over in Discord. You can check out the link in the show notes. Or you can go to emosocial.club slash discord to join us over there. Pretty lively conversations, a lot about music, a lot of memes, a lot of jokes, a lot of japes, a lot of fun Sometimes times. Sometimes TikToks that we find and we're like, look at this. Yeah. And then you just reply and you say yes. A lot of, a lot of TikTok shares in theirs. Uh, it's a good time. So come and hang out with us over there. Uh, emosocialclub.com slash TV to hang out with us on the streams. We broadcast normally every Saturday, but we're taking a week off because it's a fucking holiday. And we missed you, probably. I don't know. This is coming on Monday. I don't know if we missed you or not. Oh, my God. Damn. You can miss people, Brian. It's okay. I missed you. I missed you all <laughs> the time. All right. Let's get into it. Here is our interview with Anthony of Empty Heaven. Welcome. The Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live from EmoSocialClub.tv. I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie, and we're here this evening out of the stairwell in Texas with Anthony <laughs> of Empty Heaven. Thank you so much for joining us from your uh, little so escape at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually, uh, 
I, it was my one stipulation for coming into work today. I was like, I will come, but you have to let me podcast from the stairwell. Which, it was an easy demand to me. Yeah. This so, is the easiest yeah. part of it. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. none of them had too many concerning questions or like berated <laughs> you. Just been like, whatever, you're here. Thanks, dude. Go for it. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean at this point, so you know it's a it's a job that involves live music, and uh, you can imagine everyone was pretty jazzed for it to happen uh, post COVID nineteen. Uh, but li- availability is limited, so every day is a wild schedule ride. True, uh, and very true. You know, everyone everyone's very curious about the inner workings of my professional life. We'll uh, we'll ask some of that. Let me let me let you uh, introduce yourself. Introduce the band. Uh, talk to us about you know the the origins and the the story about you, and and we'll we'll get to talking about all that other interesting stuff from there. Yes, uh, my name is Anthony. I'm, I'm the the name of my project is Anthony Kevin. Um, it's it's um it's a very insular project. It's it's informed by a lot of emo and pop punk from the past. Uh, but I don't know if it fully sounds like any of it, uh, which I guess is a good thing. Uh, the, band, the, the format of it being a band is relatively new. I do it with my wife and with um, four people I met in town. Um, I've, been, I've been playing music for what feels like 10,000 years, and... Uh, but mainly piano. So my job is that I play covers of other people's songs. Yeah. At a at a place. I don't know if I should give free advertising to my <laughs> piano. Box. Yeah, maybe uh, not. But it's a, it's a request based place, um, and it creates. Um, you know, the logos that used to guide everything I did. Uh, it, you know, in was doing uh, songs that I thought would, would break through and be successful, and they never did. Um, and now, the wonderful thing is, there's a dichotomy in my life where I get to play very, very successful music, and then get to kind of uh, do very strange, lonely-sounding music in my house that uh, <laughs> has real has no real aspirations to success. Um, and that has been a, a very freeing experience. So... Yeah, Empty Heaven, the band, it's a band now, um, is, how do I put this? Am I allowed to like, just expound upon it? Just expound, go for it. Yes. Okay, here I am, expound. Expound. Uh, watch, me, watch me expound. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I've, I've been asked to describe what the genre is, and I call it, uh, it's kind of just like neurotic, lo-fi punk and indie rock music. Uh, there's, um, and the goal is to try to go in with nothing in mind, um, which often means filtering in like 10 different influences. Um, and it is trying to synthesize uh, spirituality and philosophy and science and uh, try and make music that's relatively catchy uh, while doing whatever I want. Uh, and that's what empty heaven is. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, listening to some of it, like I saw some of your previews for your singles and I saw a lot of Vaporwave. I was like, oh, is this Vaporwave? But when I clicked on it and like listened to it, I'm like, 
kisses and vaporwave. Interesting. It sounds a little bit more like crunchy grunge to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, definitely vibe with it. It's definitely like, if you look at it, you're going to get something probably different because I know I have friends who are into vaporwave or something that's more kind of like, you know, electro sounding. And I'm like, I think they would be thrown off, but I think it's good because it's like really different. Thank you. That's an interesting vaporwave. I've never, um, I've never fooled anybody into thinking I was vaporwave. <laughs> uh, but I, I did, uh, you know, when a lot of that stuff was first coming up in the early 2010s, I did like it very much. Um, mostly because I like that kind of, um, and, and a style of electronic music called ontology. Have you ever heard of that? It's a, uh, I don't think so. No, yeah. It's, it's very similar. It's more of an English take. Okay. On vaporwave, because um, I feel like vaporwave was really trying to play on on misplaced nostalgia, mm-hmm. you know. And in England, everything has that really overcast feel to it. Yeah, like everything's ten percent sadder, you know, in England. <laughs> and um, their their version of vaporwave, which I guess I'll call hauntology. Um, well, that's what they call it. Uh, a good example is early dubstep, like Burial mm, and yeah. stuff, is is really it's like it's like nostalgia for uh, old library technology and just stuff. <laughs> it's very strange. It's really strange. Um, I guess maybe the color palette might have given it a vapor wavy feel. Yeah, uh, I can see what, that. I, what, uh, what what the empty heaven stuff is doing. Um, but yeah. Yeah, funny enough, uh, I had heard you because you had done a track with a very good friend of mine, Jordan, uh, or Eject, goes by Eject. Yes, uh, one of my heroes, yeah. one of my favorite people in the whole world. So he and I used to play in a band together, we've been friends for a long time, and he's just, he's just stupid talented, like, he's the yeah. kind of person where you're just really annoyed that he's that good, and he's a <laughs> fantastic live performer, and he just like... He has this ability to just produce music. Uh, uh, so when I saw that he produced a song uh, for you and like I saw that it was posted, I was like, yeah, I got to finally check it out because he needs to post more. He needs to be posting a lot more music than he is because he's really talented. I'm, I'm sick of him. I'm <laughs> sick of Jordan because you're right. It is. I've never known anyone to be so prolific um, and to be so understated about quality of this work mm-hmm. um you know he's a male model yes i mean yes i mean and, yes and he, and he <laughs> never he never discusses it. no it makes me <laughs> so angry <laughs> <laughs> no he's infuriated <laughs> what, was, what was your band with jordan oh it was my uh Here we we, go. yeah i know we did an emo uh cover emo tribute band um that like we we needed a new bassist we asked him to join uh and then he was just like outshining all of us and it was it was really good like obviously like everybody was enjoying it as the audience and i felt very uh very good playing with him because he also just picks up a song like hey man we need you to you know probably the same as like when you're at a piano bar it's just like i need to just know all these songs so he just like can can pull it out and he's just playing black parade within a week and it's like well how did you know how to play this already like <laughs> it, it really you know i, I know i, I sound hurts because i am basically sick and uh he uh he is a guy so i went to a middle school 
that was a block away from his middle school. Hmm. I went to the Catholic one. He went to the he went to the uh, public one. Okay. And they were they were scouting around my Catholic school to see if anyone was good at music to join the school band. And we played in his seventh grade jazz band. Hmm. Um, I played guitar. He played bass. And I just followed his life through social media. He's always been objectively cooler than I am. And then I was doing, I was doing this series of collaborations with him, uh, well, with people with the Empty Heaven uh, project, and immediately picked him. So all of those collaborations were really fun to do, uh, but they all had their own strange inner workings. I would usually come and bring a track to the table, and they would write over it, or they would do something, add something. Jordan! Uh, for everyone who's like, why the hell are you talking about this guy named Jordan so much? The project is called Eject, and he needs to post more, as yes. Brian said. Um, <laughs> he, so I'm like, hey, man, we should work together. He immediately sends me five full instrumental songs <laughs> and just goes, pick one. Yep. <laughs> it, I'm going to say this right now. So for, for the viewer, uh, that song that we did together is called Private Room. And the, the four collab, three of the four collaborations. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be weirdly self-effacing about the success of my <laughs> streaming life. Go for um, it. Three out of the four are doing excellent, like better than I ever expected. Mm. Private Room is a banger, and barely anyone has heard. Huh. And I, I don't understand. It. <laughs> so, I just, it's because it knows that Jordan wants to continue to be understated. They said, yeah, yeah it's a banger, but it's only a banger for certain people. <laughs> uh, banger for a selected VIP section. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he's, I mean, I love that song. That's my wife's favorite of the FBI track. <laughs> and I have, I have the least to do with it. Yeah. Um, but it is, yeah, I love that song. And, um, yeah, happy you know Jordan. He's, yeah, he's a fucking genius. I, love, I can cuss, right? Is that a thing? I can do? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you're all. Okay. He uh, he's literally just sitting. He's probably sitting on like hours of just unreleased oh hours of beats, hours of tracks that are full produced, like like fully done. He's just sitting on them. He's just ready to go. And I'm like, dude, let the people know. Let the people hear him. Uh, we can talk about we can talk about Jordan. I know, and I'm gonna stop because he's gonna hear this, and he's gonna be like, "Hey, man." He's gonna, you're gonna text Jordan and be like, "Hey, guess what?" Which I will. Like, I, I actually like a good 10, 15 minutes. And he's gonna be like, "Why'd you do that?" I know. That? I should have texted him before we did this, so he would be like checking it out. But well, I'll just send him the pod when we when we do it. Um... Tate Logan embarks on solo projects. One being a solo music project. The other partnering with Clout Chain for an exclusive digital card collection. Friend of the pod, Tate Logan of the band Happy, branches off to start a solo project with limited edition digital cards to collect. There are three themed collections to choose from. The Friend Crush Club Edition, Coffee and Covers Premiere Edition, and the rare What's Your Favorite Scary Movie Horror Edition. Or just like Pokemon, catch them all. Tate Logan uses his platform in the music community to offer a safe digital space for the LGBTQ community. He says he wants fans to feel understood and valued while growing a true connection with the fandom. 
Through this collection, fans can unlock opportunities to connect with Logan in many ways. Jumpstart your card collection by going to cloutchain.io, create an account, and pre-order by July 22nd. So where did, where did the idea of doing it as like collaborations then like come in? Like what was the thought of like not just doing it as yourself, but also having like a bunch of different people work on different tracks with you? Good question. Uh, so there's kind of a whole long arc to the series of singles um, before the record comes out. Because um, I like it, you know, there's about to be, by the way, loaded with pretense. So just preemptively forgive me. Um, Musicians are supposed uh, to be filled with pretense. It's totally fine. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm cringe, but I'm free. Yeah. You know, I'm, That's I'm, what matters. That's what matters. Yeah. yeah do, do what I want. Uh, but uh, the whole idea... Sorry, it's so humid up here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, whole, <laughs> the whole idea is to liken empty heaven to a place. And I, I, like it, I liken it to one of three spheres that I see music in. And the main one, the central one, is often filled with people that, um, and I don't think this is an, innate, an innately bad thing, filled with a lot of people who don't really have a pressing love for music. And that is often... Uh, that, I guess, would be the sphere of everything that you'd hear just walking around. Like, if you weren't actively trying to listen to music, it's everything you'd hear on terrestrial radio. It's everything you'd hear on, you know, a very play-by-the-numbers playlist, you know, on Spotify, something like that. And the people who engage with that are not typically trying to look at music on a very, very deep And that's fine. That's, that's not... I mean, look at my job. I don't really, I don't have a beef with, I don't have a beef with that universe. Sure. Then, by that big sphere are two smaller spheres. One is a community of people, and this is in all very insular and very closely guarded music scenes. Right? They're not connected uh, by a series of gates, and often, occasionally, obnoxious gatekeepers, mm -hmm. but. A lot of these people have felt purged by that bigger circle and would kind of rather not engage with the bigger circle, you know, and kind of be their own uh, insulated community. Um, the other world are people who are oper operating from an outsider's perspective and want to engage with the larger circle, but on their own terms and on their own level without fully immersing themselves in the community. And I've been wanting to experiment with that for some time. Um, so my idea was to attempt to collaborate with very disparate uh, artists. I never know how to really pronounce it. Yeah, sure. Disparate. <laughs> Desper uh, desperate artists. <laughs> desperate artists. Desperate artists. Uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like very, you uh, have to add flair to it. Yeah. You have to add flair to it. Make yeah. it less sad sounding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, people that... Um, are in very different music worlds uh, than I am, and see what would happen if we engaged, if we collaborated and interfaced and came out with something like a finished product. And I wanted to collaborate with four very different people. One is I Am Hill, who's a R&B singer from Canada. Uh, one is Jenny Lawless, very old friend of mine, who's a uh, kind of a I don't know what I'd call her. I, I, 
I, I think it's like kind of a St. Vincent Ace Radiohead situation out of Los yeah. Angeles. Um, very idiosyncratic, cool artist. Uh, and then Jordan Eject, who's sort of like this future, I don't know, kind of this hip hop, funk, punk person, um, a producer, mm. basically. And then the field tapes, who's in the ambient lo-fi beats universe, you know, for whatever you want to call it. And what would happen if whatever I do on my own in my house uh, reaches out, I reach my bandwidth out to connect with their stations and see what we can share with the world. So that's where the idea came from, sort of part of that process and part of that art. And I had a lot of fun. No, it's it sounds really fun listening through um, your album that's coming out on the 9th of July. It's like, you know, knowing that there's like a collaboration and then this like really deeper idea out of it, too. I don't feel I feel like there are people who just obviously they're in a band and they, or they're in a project and they want to put out something. But I feel like you really like sat and you thought about it and you simmered with it. And then you like brought it to a boil and then you added like big leaves into it and then you let it simmer for a little bit. And then you said, okay, there's still more to add to it. <laughs> and that's gr- no, bay leaves. <laughs> yeah. You're cooking like a very eccentric stew, which is great because <laughs> even like stew, reading <laughs> what you have on your band camp of like your bio, it reads more of kind of like an epic tale where you're like this is what it is and like this is like my thought process and my reasoning behind it which I thought was so interesting rather than just being like it's me doing this K by finger guns on the way out <laughs> yeah I don't I don't you know I used to envy people <laughs> who um, could play it real cool and just like kind of live um, I don't know not have a very complicated relationship with music I think that that is, uh, that is ideal. If, if someone is able to do that and, and live a life off of that, this sounds very condescending. It's not. I mean it like, um, because that's the ideal, to just be able to like be like, hey, man, there's some fucking music. It's chill. Here it is. I'm here. Goodbye. And then live their life. Who wouldn't want to be that person? And... I always chastised myself for wanting to be really heady uh, and kind of navel-gazing about it. I thought it was innately uncool um, because I, I also grew up listening to a lot of progressive rock music, and that is famously <laughs> uncool, you know? And um, yeah. as I get older... <laughs> And uh, it, it becomes harder to give a shit about a, a lot of things. Um, I, I really was just like, what if I just leaned into it, you know, and dropped any shame about it, you know? I was just kind of like, I'm going to make this as heavy as I wanted to be, because that's all my favorite shit is like, you know? Um, if somebody has, I remember when I was young, I was playing a Super <laughs> Nintendo game called Rise of the Robots. It's not a good game. Right? It's, it's a bad, it's a bad fighting mm. game where you are facing <laughs> five robots. It's, it's a short game, and uh, it's pretty bad. But yeah, <laughs> this game featured the longest uh, instruction booklet I've ever seen because. 
like 20 pages of it were stories. Like, stories about these five robots. Hmm. And in the game, there's no cutscenes. <laughs> there's no nothing. They show the robot yeah. approaching, and then you... And then you fight the robot. They're like, you need, you don't need backstory. You can read that. You have to put it all together. <laughs> you don't need backstory. And so I, when I found that instruction <laughs> booklet, I felt like I found nerd heaven. I was just like, oh my god, there's lore, and it was good. They used, they used the term AI a lot. I got really excited, and. Um, I wanted to sort of recreate yeah. this experience where if you found empty heaven and you pick up what it's putting down, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff, you know, you will never be, um, that's, I guess this is my biggest advertising pitch is you will never be starved <laughs> for contact. You should, th you, you can throw that out to any marketer <laughs> advertiser and they will, will immediately pick there. you up because you're, you're like, you're, you're talking our language. Yeah, I'm like I'm, I got shit. I got stuff. Talking about content. Now, who will like it? <laughs> God knows. But it, it, there's enough to try and figure it out. But I'm glad you. I'm glad you like this. I think it was a pretty yeah. solid album. It was definitely different. It made me feel more like kind of like garage rocky which i know here in chicago like we may have like a pretty decent pop punk scene but we also have a pretty good like indie garage rock scene as well with a little bit of psych thrown in there and it definitely gave me that vibe i personally haven't listened to too much of that since like covid happened but i like listening to that type of stuff again i'm like oh it made me feel kind of like nostalgic like oh i should go like listen to post animal again because it's been a hot minute since i've done it oh yeah you know, there was a, I know there was a DIY venue out there called Animal Kingdom that only existed for a fleeting moment. This was um, in 2015, and all the cool bands in tie-dye shirts were covered. This was when, this was when Matt DeMarco really took off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and everybody a little bit really okay. wanted to be like, I had a lot of friends who were like that, and I was like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> was never really my scene, but there is a lot <laughs> of that stuff, especially when it got more adventurous, that I really, I really enjoyed. Um, and a lot of the classic stuff that was in that world is stuff I grew up with, and everybody who I ever thought was really cool uh, loved that kind of shit. And would hit me to it, and it all made me super happy. It all felt very carefree, especially the really surfy stuff. It was the kind of stuff that I've always been really envious about because it was always just about wanting to have fun and like smoke weed. Like I saw this. Uh... Oh no! Like I saw this pitchfork. It was a tweet like aiming at pitchfork, and it was like pitchfork made everybody think that pop music is so deep and profound when it's really just like I just want to go out and like not think anything had empty energy and I was like yeah I was like a little bit but then you hear like the poppy indie surf rock stuff like um like the Walters for example um they were a, a pretty big like Chicago I love the Walter oh you know that <laughs> that's so funny yeah they're from um <laughs> Elmhurst Park and, uh, no they're 
they are um they're in Chicago. They were in Chicago. They were in Chicago. Really? Oh shoot. Okay. Yeah, I swear to they they might be around from here. That sounds familiar. Smith Westerns I've heard of. It can always be that that suburb yeah. versus city thing where it's like, yeah. oh, we're from Chicago. I love we're from Skokie. You know, it's funny you like, the no, you're not. <laughs> you're not from Chicago. A lot of critics, because that's been something that's been on my mind lately. Um, because I feel like, um, how do I put this? I remember when that was really in full swing. You know, you guys as broadcasters and I assume critics in, in your own right um, must have kind of, uh, uh, you know, engaged with this stuff a lot. And I've noticed a lot of people really backlashing against it, you know, that kind of mentality uh, that was huge throughout the 2010s. And I gotta say, as much as I I still didn't love a lot of pop music during that time. I think it was really a bonus attempt. I don't, like, I really think people were, I don't know, and some of my favorite pop music is actually being made now, at this very second, as optimism is kind of waning. Yeah. Um, and I have no beef with the idea. A lot of pop music makes me very sad because a lot of it seems to be about uh, being addicted to pills and, and really wanting to kill yourself. And um, it, really, it really makes me feel um, a kind of deep dread that that's uh, what's in the main sphere of um, things. So it makes me really worry about young people. Uh, not as in like, oh, music is so awful these days. Like, no, it's a, it's a deep concern, <laughs> you know? Um, I like I like yeah. world. That yeah. 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 Have you heard like the Juice World song Legends? I feel like I've probably heard it because my siblings so. really like Juice World. They saw him a couple haven't times out to here much in Chicago. Since he, uh, and like so I always hear it. I was just like, I don't know what this is, but I, I'm pretty sure I've heard it in some Yeah, <laughs> That's on at your house. It, it's really something, um, and you know, when when a person with a billion people who love his music says, "What's the twenty-seven club? We're not making it past 21. Uh I really, you know, I, I cry in my car when I hear something like that uh, because it, it it gives me uh, very little hope um, because a lot of these people are very uh, in pain. And their pain is making them a lot of money, so why not exacerbate it and prolong it? really raises a confusing, uh, a lot of questions about the artist and the fan relationship. You know, it's very painful. Here at the Emo Social Club, we typically listen to the bops we grew up with, yet there's new music out there that you haven't even heard of. Nightlife, a three-piece soul-punk Baltimore band led by vocalist and producer Hansel Romero released their thesis statement of blurred genre lines, their debut EP, Nulo, out July 9th. Oh, 
The band is inspired by bands like Let Live, Bad Brains, Issues, plus borrows themes from golden era greats like Stevie Wonder. The three-song EP includes songs reminiscent of The Weeknd and a neo-soul reimagination of Lonely No More by Rob Thomas. You may recognize Romero's name too. He produced bands like Pink Shift and In The Morning, so you know you're going to love this new tunage. Keep in the loop with Nightlife on Twitter and IG at nightlife underscore XO. Yeah, I've always kind of questioned whether, obviously, we as fans and oftentimes artists are like, this is our, uh, this is our our chance to say my story and to talk about myself and to tell uh the things that i know and so obviously like a lot of artists are those types of people where it's like i've dealt with this and i'm trying to put it into music and i'm trying to help people but i also feel like there's a lot of people that are listening to the music on the other side of it like needing that help and now they're hearing it in sort of a glorified way where it's like maybe that's not the best way to do it maybe we should like turn it around and and not like make it i don't know i I know a lot of it is like very like uh, self-deprecating in a way. Like I know that it's not like I'm trying to glorify this. I'm I feel bad about myself doing it, and I feel bad about what I've done, and I want to change. But it's also like with everybody who has died of like drug overdoses or suicide from uh from from these like all these artists that have written that and then have done it. I'm like, but isn't that kind of glorification because now we're like putting you on a pedestal because yeah, you you're gone. Like, kind of weird. It really, it's frustrating. I think the lines got blurred somewhere and I, uh, I really wish it didn't have to be this way. I think it speaks to a larger kind of a psychic infection, you know, for, um, the culture at large. I think, um, I don't think I'm saying anything revolutionary when I say a lot of people are very depressed. yeah (laughs) what that's kind of why we're all here i guess as musicians and and doing our best yeah yeah like there's some there's some cultural thing about like anxiety and depression that brought a lot of people together into a community that's like hey we all need each other because this shit sucks noble idea um but it often right so I'm, I'm a straight edge person and uh it's that's been a, a very bizarre part of my life because um the few times i've gone to see straight edge like hardcore shows also lizzie your videos really make me laugh uh, where you do the uh, you do the real emo copy paste oh yeah <laughs> yeah very yeah. Funny. yeah i love them uh, yeah. but, you know, one of my favorite bands growing up is Minor Threat, and they're kind of contemporaries. Um, that's what got me, of course, into straight edge culture and stuff. But I never really gravitated towards that universe fully because I always really felt like an island of a guy because every everything turned me off a little bit. I thought maybe I was a little too picky, but maybe maybe scenes are inherently not perfect, you know, and. Um, the straight edge scene, a lot of people come to straight edge because of trauma. And um, trauma, once again, not anything revolutionary here, will uh, attract a lot of broken people who sometimes will be very, you get a lot of real 
the straight edge and hardcore mm-hmm. universe. A lot of those people are very broken. And it's it's sad. You know how they got there, but it's um it's still a very unhappy And uh, and then you hear about fights and stuff, and I'm like, look, I know everybody was brought here for the same reason, but is anybody surprised? You know? Yeah. Um about what it's like when a bunch of hurting people Yeah. <laughs> I'll come into a thing. So, anyway, that's that's a very <laughs> strange community, straight edge world. Yeah, I used to like be really. Oh no, I was about to say I used to be into that when I was in high school, and I didn't really know any other kids like that. But actually, like within the last like probably three or four years, I've seen so many people who are like, "Oh yeah, I'm straight edge," and like they're younger than me, and I'm like, "Where were you? Where were you?" <laughs> I haven't seen you because mm. in you know like I got crapped on for it and then you know I always saw like the negative connotations of like <laughs> oh if you're gonna go here you're probably like this like asshole who's gonna just kick the shit out of people and be like super judgmental but like what you said too is like basically like them projecting and like having trauma they haven't dealt with and just like taking it out on other people like that makes so much sense to me that I, I like never thought about it. It's very painful, uh, and you wish it wasn't so, and I think this is true everywhere. And um, the problem is, when mo- there's no money in straight edge. When there's money put into the equation, you know, there's, um, and you get these pop stars. I look at Post Malone being sponsored by Bud Light, and I'm like, is there anything more poetic? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, maybe not. You know, and tonight I'm going <laughs> to sing his songs and it's going to make me feel very strange because I, I'm not even really a fan yep. and I worry about that. You know, I worry about these people. I worry about, um, one person who I think is particular, what are you guys' takes on Billie Eilish? I think she's particularly cool, uh, in that world. Yeah. I like her. I know that there's been Love a Billie big Eilish. thing lately where Huge I didn't really fully Eilish. understand it. Um, but somebody had like accused her of queer baiting and then it, she was like spotted out like dating some dude who's like almost 30 years old and she's like barely just turned like 19, 18. And like I, I started seeing that. I'm like, that's not great. That's very bad. And like I'd be worried for her in that retrospect, I feel. Um, just respect, because feel. like, you know, yeah. she's um, just you mean because, someone, like, someone who- you know, she's. Oh, no, like, she's, like, she's, like, so in, like, the public spotlight. Like, obviously, we've seen, like, her issue, you know, where she's, like, I don't wear tight clothes because people sexualize me. And then she did that one uh, magazine cover where it wasn't tied her clothes. And then people were, like, upset with her. And I, I know that there's been, like, a lot of commentary about it saying, like, well, what do you, what do you want? Like, you can't take it or leave it. I just feel like she's somebody who would kind of have not, like, a downward spiral, but I think something, unfortunately, negative may occur to her because of, like everything that's going on with how people perceive her and like want her to be perceived. Big agree. And I pray not. I really worry because I really, I think um, out of all the people who are kind of on her level stardom, I really like her voice. I really like the lyrics. I really like her and her brother's production together. Um, and I don't know. I think it's really good, and I really hope that the industry, I really hope that the industry doesn't uh, consume and mutate what she does personally and and dictate what she does. Because for a second, I'm just sort of like, man, this is really an inkling of something interesting. Um, 
you know, I'm 29 and white, mm. so my favorite band is Radiohead. And, you know, Tom... Fair. And Tom York <laughs> gave her a cosign recently. I was just like, yeah, Billie Eilish is fucking cool. And I'm like, you're goddamn yeah. right, man. There's something, there's something going on there. Um, by the way, it didn't take yeah. Tom York telling me... <laughs> You here. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. It took some people. It took some people to have Tom York saying, giving the Billie Eilish okay to get them into it. And that's not you. That's some not Brian. Needed, that's not me. Yeah. So listen, we're all good here. We're all chill. We're not them. <laughs> it's, I, I, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, what was I was going to ask you guys, especially because I organically got into it with Radiohead. It's interesting because you two, this is the emo social club, and somehow I'm here. And I guess, I guess my question is, what are your two like favorite bands of all time? If you had to pick, kind of a boring question, but I don't know how many people flip it back. Only a handful of people, no, I, I mean, think, have flipped it, it back. It like is that. a pretty like, yeah. I. I'm going to tell you a quick little story. Uh, we, we have to end the pod a little bit early, so I'm just going to tell do it very like quickly. Uh, then we'll do Go. like plugs and all that. But uh, I only got a minute on TikTok. I went to a bar recently because it's opening back up. I'm at this bar, and the, the last thing I want to do is interact with people I don't know. I wanted to hang out with my friends. I go inside. I go to the bathroom. I'm walking out. I'm wearing a jacket that says uh, Emo Night on it. And so this guy stops me and goes hey man and i like walk over and i'm wearing a mask of course because i'm just like i don't want to be bothered at all and i was hoping it would work it didn't he's like what's your favorite band and i like look at him as though this man has asked me the hardest question in the world and i was like dude fuck that fuck you fuck all this i'm out of here but i just told him like i mean i guess like my chemical romance like kind of what he wanted me to say uh but I also was just like, why are you talking to me? I don't know you about me. Like, and you may be, he may have been completely legitimate. He may have just been like, look, we're back out in the world. I haven't talked to people in a long time. I just wanted to like engage with you. Maybe we shared a common band. And I was just like, no fucking thank you. But I was asked that question recently by a man at a bar that I very much didn't want to talk to. And I said, my chemical romance. But I also think that uh, AFI oh, would be probably one of my top. Uh, and Panic at the Disco. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, they're, you know, I yeah. grew up listening to AFI. They're always, when they were doing hardcore punk stuff, they're always sort of like um, outside of my sphere. I think it was a little too horror punk for me. But then, like, somebody showed me, somebody, um, mm-hmm. my first girlfriend ever, but uh, put the Leaving Song Part 2 on a mix CD for me. And that shit bumped in the whip. Yep. I was like, I love this. This is sick. Yep. And I still think I'm not like a certified big AFI fan, but that record, the one uh, right before December under the one with the leaving song part two, uh, sing the sorrow. Yeah. Sing the sorrow. Really good. Really (laughs) like that was my favorite. That's the closest they got to being like um, maybe one of my favorite emo bands was Thursday. Um, And I really like that. What about Mm -hmm. you guys? Um, I would say Fall Out Boy, My Chemical Romance, and Jonas Brothers. Word. <laughs> what do you think about the Jonas Brothers' return? <laughs> Love it. Love um, it. I went to all three nights here in Chicago. Um, 
I'm going to Summerfest. Um, I'm trying to get some more <laughs> tickets through my work for the Chicago date. Um, Summerfest. Yes. I have met them. I have a signed couch from Ikea, yeah. thanks to Radio Disney, that my brother <laughs> keeps in his room. Um, oh, my God. I've seen them around like 15, 16 times. <laughs> they were a pop punk band. They came back, and now they're poppy, and it's fine. <laughs> What's your favorite uh, Joe Bros song? Um, probably Inseparable, off of their self-titled, or I Am What I Am, from their very first um, al- album, It's About Time. Wow. I Am What I Am. <laughs> That's a deep cut from the Joe Bros. It is a deep cut. It was one of the first ones I heard of them, too. I think I was, like, seven. Do they come up on the podcast a lot? Only because I do. Yes. Just because of me. Because of Lizzie, yes. God bless you. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're, 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 they're interesting. They're, they're, um, it's funny, because a lot of the pop music that Disney had a hand in, I did not love. But they, they're the one. They're the one... That just has retained this this fandom, this love. They're, they are my generation's Hanson brothers, which uh, my older sister, that was her favorite name. And mm-hmm. Hanson have some bangers. They're good. Um, but um, Fall Out Boy, wow. You have to see, that's, that was um, all the pop punk I like. I have one pop punk band I, I really liked growing up, and that was Say Anything. Um, and Fallout Boy, like mm-hmm. I missed the boat. I, I didn't get into the, like take this to your grave, like the awesome shit. I heard, I heard that when I was like twenty five, and so you can imagine I yep. was able to be like, oh, this is good. <laughs> but I don't know, if, I don't know if this hit me at a formative enough time period. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm now thinking of my favorite emo band, which I'm, I'm sure is something that. Every guest eventually has to ask, uh, be asked. Um, say oh, yeah. anything is probably big time. I appreciate that, that they just went off the rails. I, I stay <laughs> listening to their new release. It's crazy. Um, if, a, if a new Say Anything album comes out, <laughs> I'm listening to it. I, 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 just because I know it's going to be <laughs> like It's going to be authentically bizarre. You know? And it's a cute dad. Married the guy from yeah. the guy from Isley and his that they're they're really they seem like a sweet family. Um mm-hmm. Thursday and um God, I'm worried I'm, I'm terrified about sounding like the real emo copy paste it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I it's don't a, think you can. It depends on who you're talking to because to we can there. say, Oh, we're real emo, <laughs> then there's gonna be some like forty year old dude who doesn't leave his house who's like, That's not real emo and I'm gonna be like, I'm going to fight you because I can beat you. Like, Fuck you. <laughs> me, find me, find me on the street. Terrible. Oh, I will. There's a Canadian band from uh, forever called uh, Boys Night Out. That I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I remember Boys Night Out. Saw them on like Fuse. Love it. We love Fuse. We love. Fuse. Yeah. I saw the band. They used to be on demand. Fuse on demand. Got into that. Mm, love it. <laughs> love it to death. Hey, what a time. Well, guys, it's summer and it's so hot here in Chicago and probably wherever else you are. So that means it's tank top season. It's hot girl summer. And we have some merch that's definitely going to satisfy that for you. 
We have the Suns Out Stay Inside t-shirt and tank top in white and black that you can pick up from us up for pre-order right now on our site at emosocialclub.com slash store. Or if you're more into that Limp Biscuit new metal 90s vibe, we have you covered too because we have our logo shirt in that design as a black tank top or a t-shirt. And listen, you can always crop it. Also, just pre-order these. These will be shipped out relatively soon, sometime in early July. So get on it at emosocialclub.com slash store. I want to make sure we have time and we get all your plugs in there where everybody can find the music, find you. Uh, I know we're the, the band is mysterious, so it's all going to be Empty Heaven stuff. So where can everybody find the Empty Heaven information oh, on the internet? A song by a band called August Burns Red named Empty Heaven. Oh. And that kind of... That- <laughs> that kind of fucked up a lot of my and I looked into them, they're kind of like a death core band or whatever. And they uh Yeah, the and that is not like the vibe you are. <laughs> I left out a band yeah. in my favorite emo. You know what it is? Me without you. I Oh I ha- I have a friend me who's really okay. into me without you. So he's so super into it. So that kind of band. You just get immersed. <laughs> I okay. love yeah. they're in my top ten of all love them a lot um but um so the problem is yeah. august burton's red took a lot of my social media username because uh, i guess kids love that fucking thing so um <laughs> watching dm and some 17 year old like please i'll pay you a hundred dollars give me that oh username uh <laughs> mm-hmm. but um no yeah. it's, it's on instagram at uh underscore empty heaven underscore like it's sanga or something uh twitter is <laughs> is the exact opposite it's empty underscore heaven you know because i live to confuse and yeah and i recently have <laughs> i've uploaded my consciousness onto tiktok.com and i'm putting uh it's that is i think that, <laughs> that's empty heaven underscore Uh, hands down 
the least selling pre-order I have, and I understand. I get that. Um, but that's the point, is if you want that kind of richer experience with the content, it is available. If you don't, the music is available. And I've, I've stopped trying to force people to become interested. It's basically, if you want the finer points, they're available. Uh, is there anything else that should be funded? <laughs> what, whatever you need to. I mean, that is look, fine. we can get, you know, we got to yeah. we got to get a million copies of this book sold. So we're going to get everybody on that. One million, classes, one million pre-orders. Break the website. Um <laughs> But um, no, follow me on Instagram. It's mostly uh, book recommendations and like me talking about music a lot um, and pictures of my chickens, pictures of my dog and doing like an amateur homesteading situation with my wife. Um, and if you, uh, hmm. it's, it's, because what Empty Heaven is about is about 100% self-sustainability. And uh, if, if you're interested in it, I encourage you. There's a lot if you like the little you've heard, there is a lot. Perfect. Well, we will. Uh, we will. We'll say thank you there. Oh, so it's, 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 uh, I have to go play. I don't want to take him where he's at. Be piano man. <laughs> I will be. Yeah. I will be playing that. Be piano yeah. man. Uh, well. <laughs> well, Anthony, thank you so much for being on Empty Heaven is the band. Go check it out, and uh, yeah, we'll, really we'll see you again real soon. I'm sure. <laughs> of course, dude. Thank you for checking out this episode. If you liked it, make sure, you know, share, share with people. Don't be an only child like me. Share that. Sharing share is that caring. around. It is caring. Or be like the older sibling like I am and just force them. And force to listen your stuff on other people. Like, comment, and subscribe on the platform or the social network of your decision. Uh, check out Empty Heaven on all of those social networks as well. Give them a follow, listen to the music, check out the book, 1 million uh, purchases, 1 million pre-orders by, I don't know, end of the week, by Friday. I think we can do yeah, that. Yeah, come on, guys. You can do it. You have to become enlightened. We will be back on Thursday with another live recording over on EmoSocialClub.tv. We'll also have a new podcast episode next Monday. From all of us here, I'm Brian. I'm Lizzie. See you later. Bye! You did great. I don't love that the captions, uh, we said, I'm Brian, I'm Lizzie, and it changed the I in both of our names to Y's. I hate that. Cut your E at the end, but... I absolutely hate that so much. Now it changed it. That's so weird. It, like, changed it afterward. I don't know. And no, I knew we were talking about Brian. Brian. Brian.